Welcome to Unedited, our fortnightly podcast where we explore the opportunities and challenges the retail industry is facing. Brought to you by myself, Vicky Giles and Grace Hill. From fashion, beauty and homeware, Grace and I will cover industry topics and shed light on how retailers can create a brighter future. So as you will all be aware, coronavirus has gripped the headlines of the industry. The news is changing constantly, but what we know for sure is 2020 is going to be a tough across retail for all segments and regions. Our co-founders, Jeff and Julia, founded Edited during a recession. Julia realised the way to navigate the market in 2008, which I'm sure you all recall was being impossible to forecast, was by bringing real-time data into retail decision-making. It's our view that trading for the next little while is likely to be unstable, unclear and changing across multiple markets rapidly where you have stores and customers, as well as from where you source. Edited is here to support our customers during this time. And as a listener of Unedited, we've pulled together the full resources of our team to create an informative podcast to help you build strategies to navigate this challenging time. So today we have Rebecca Milne, who is our Research and Analysis Director here at Edited. She has been working with Edited for the past 10 years and plays an absolutely pivotal role in shaping the framework for Edited's content by incorporating data into reports for our customers, whilst blending pop culture, runway and retail news. Today, Rebecca's going to help us bring some clarity to this coronavirus situation and its impact across the industry, as well as highlighting ways in which retailers can adapt their strategy during this time. Thank you so much for coming in and being with us today, Rebecca. No problem. Hi, guys. Hi. Hi. So, Rebecca, obviously, everyone's heard in the news about coronavirus's impact on retail sales. How else is it impacting retailers? So it's hitting retailers really where it hurts, right at their foundation. It's highly likely at most brands or retailers, one stage of manufacturing or production has roots in China. China, of course, where the virus impacted first. This resulted in closures of factories, strict regulations and quarantines on fabrics and products, as well as, and really importantly, the impact on a human level. So anxious, worried and really poorly people and therefore workforce. There's a really complicated web of problems and a domino effect here that impacts the entire supply chain. Saying that, COVID-19 took hold there just before Chinese New Year, so retailers who rely on factories in the region had planned in anticipation of the traditional two-week shutdown around the holiday, so the timing could have been a lot more damaging. Yeah. But now as China's starting to recover and reopen these factories... There'll be a backlog of work requests, samples, amendments to orders that have really piled up. One thing that I think it's done is highlight the drastic need for change in the sampling process. Mm. This is something that can actually help brands and retailers address um, the climate emergency and their sustainability goals. This is something that I know has been addressed in previous podcasts has, with yeah. the episode with Brooke Roberts's lamb. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely for our listeners, take a listen of episode two with Brooke Roberts Islam on, on the sampling. Yeah, so with samples being caught up on the other side of the world and with them being unable to be signed off, it's another reason to invest in advancements in technologies that aid digital sampling. So there are some brands like Tommy Hilfiger who are really making great strides here, but it's something that's moving really slowly. If retailers were better set up with this, their processes would be able to get up and running again a lot quicker because it basically eliminates the step. Mm -hmm. And though there's recovery happening in China now, the virus is only just starting to grasp, take grasp elsewhere. If we're thinking about the US and UK, it feels like we're really just right on the brink of it. Mm -hmm. 
And so in a bid to reduce the risk of spreading the virus, there's already been imposed travel bans, external guests visiting offices. This could be really damaging to business relationships or even just slow down relations. But the bigger one, and as we're seeing more companies encouraging working from home, our businesses set up well enough for this. It's a really simple one for some companies, but something that's almost unimaginable at others and really challenging. And that's without beginning to think about if shop floors potentially have to close. Yeah, It's interesting. We had a call this morning with one of our customers and obviously where they're working directly with physical product, you know, receiving samples at the offices, reviewing them with design teams, tech teams. You know, you're not able to do that process if you're working from home. No. So. Okay. so with the factory quarantines and supply chain struggles, how do you think retailers need to be maintaining a kind of aura of newness with their product? So with the factories playing catch-up, what's likely is that this will mostly be impacting products that are coming in for high summer and into fall, but obviously this is going to depend business to business. If there are holes in your range and it's not looking like what you wanted it to look like or what you had planned, it's just about being smarter with what you do have. It's about reframing your assortment in a way that feels fresh. So our recent runway coverage called out 70s, volume sleeves and pastels as key for fall 2020. And these are continuing trends, so they should already be in your assortment. Mm -hmm. With these products, it should be easier to place repeat orders with your strongest items. With items that haven't moved so well, think about how how you're merchandising these. Is there something that needs to be changed there? For items that you know are stocked well, these can lend to almost hero's piece edits. Other things to consider are identifying products that speak to the fact that people are holidaying less. There's less movement, developing ongoing travel restrictions. So people are staying home more, be that literally at home. So this could inspire thinking more about loungewear or thinking about home as being like stay at home in your home country. So that brings into the idea of essentials for traditional seaside holidays or city breaks coming into focus more. This is actually something retailers should be considering more anyway because people are much more of their, more aware of their carbon footprint and maybe not jetting around the world as flippantly as mm-hmm. we once were. Absolutely. So with self-isolation and social distancing, which are key initiatives in preventing the spread of the virus, are there key categories that are at risk? And also, what category opportunities are there now available to exist? Yeah, so if people are self-isolating, what's clear is loungewear, as previously just mentioned, which is already a growing area, that's going to be front of mind. It's all going to be about comfort. This is something that applies across genders and age groups too. There are also reports that suggest that attitudes towards working from home could change and evolve from this. So if we realise that it's something that we can all do and do productively, we might see people working from home a lot more in the future. So for that reason, workwear is another area that retailers should be reassessing. Mm -hmm. Thinking about festival... And with Coachella moving to October, that's kind of turned festival trends on its head a bit. As much as it may seem or the memes may suggest that it's always the same thing that people wear to Coachella, ordinarily this April event does set the standard for through the summer. It does, yeah. But with its move towards the end of the year, it's now perfectly positioned to inform trends for 2021 in really good time. 
Also, with this in mind, we expect there'll be heightened interest in Glastonbury in June, mm-hmm. provided that we're in the clear then. But Glastonbury's also celebrating its 50th anniversary, so that elevates its importance further. What could be interesting, thinking about Coachella a little bit more as well, is over the weekends that it's penciled in for, the Instagram and influencer community are no doubt going to be missing that. So maybe some sort of Nocella reference or story. If you've got the product, frame it or merchandise it under that kind of umbrella if that tone sits right with your brand. Yeah, absolutely. So you've talked a lot here about how we actually need to be talking about the future assortment and actually how some of the initiatives that you might be forced to take at the moment might be future-proofing your assortment anyway. How can retailers minimise risk and consider consumer shifts? Yeah, so retailers need to be keeping their orders tight. There needs to be a balance struck between ensuring product is coming in, but it's more important than ever to not invest in the wrong thing or over-order. Those who come out this other side are going to be those who react quickly and veer on the edge of caution. So can you give us some examples of considerations that retailers can take? So doing things like updating tried and tested silhouettes is going to be key. That way you wouldn't need to worry about fit issues and you know that it's a product that resonates with your customer. Back to my point earlier about trying to work with what you've currently got trend-wise that works for fall, just kind of reassess that. Spreading the risk is important, so there's a bit of contingency planning that I think everyone can is going to learn and uh, develop and think about a bit more here with what's happened. Where are your suppliers? Monitor the situation in those regions really closely. Look to options more with domestic suppliers. Are you doing the best that you can here? Again, this also plays into meeting sustainability goals and also supporting domestic business too. And as previously mentioned, um, look at what categories are in demand. Do you need to look at lounge more more, or cut back on occasion wear or office wear? considerations there yeah absolutely I think I like what you said earlier about kind of talking about comfort as well like knowing what your customers actually going to be doing what environments they're going to be in yeah and going forward with those kind of tried and tested blocks again minimizing the amount of sampling that's needed yeah it's going to be really important if you know that it works then yeah exactly from a sales perspective and from a supply chain it's like a no-brainer and Obviously, we're coming up to a time now where traditionally a lot of retailers would start to kind of ramp up mid-season sales. How is the current market environment influencing discounting strategies? So traditionally, we see March as a bit of a stake in the ground for mid-season sales. We've done some analysis around this and found that although discounts are increasing, the rate of year-on-year sales has slowed We've also seen a change in communications around sales. So looking year on year, some of those who had newsletters communicating mid-season sales by this date in 2019 are offering lesser discounts. Mm. So for instance, in 2019, Pull&Bear last year had mid-season sales start on March the 9th, but this year it's just up to 20% off selected items. So not full launch of sales. Yeah. yeah. And Accessorize, they, this time last year, were pushing up to 50% off, but all has been quiet so far in March. There's also a smaller number of retailers communicating sales-related messages, but not significantly less, but less. So I think it's a really interesting point because I think naturally you think that retailers are going to start discounting more to drive sales. Mm. But obviously from what you're saying, Rebecca, are retailers holding off on discounting existing stock to preserve that margin and kind of mitigate risk around having that reduced stock that's being delayed or caught up in the supply chain? 
Our data would suggest this, yes, that retailers are being more cautious. Um, no doubt that there, there are mid-season sales messages around, but they're not as deep discounts and we're not seeing quite as much red or urgency in the graphics surrounding communications too. Sure. So if you've got any advice about how brands should maybe approach the upcoming discounting periods where maybe consumers are expecting a sale, so like mid-season as we've said, or Easter even... So it's right to approach with caution if there's worry about stock running low or running out, of course, and also not discounting too heavily when you're trying to squeeze on everything to get through this challenging time. Our analysis around Black Friday for last year actually found that products discounted between 20 and 30% off have a higher sellout rate than deeper discounts. So customers are responding and they do respond to these safer, more margin-friendly brackets. So... How can, as a brand or a retailer, keep your customers interested and wanting more once this challenging period starts to clear and move into brighter times? With the shift of focus to naturally be more online, be that more with just people being cautious or if there's an actual lockdown, this is the time that brands should really be using their social channels and online presence to connect with their customers better and build a stronger sense of community. Efforts in this area are going to help with brand loyalty. You're speaking to an audience who are going through the same worries and problems that you are, and there's there's two routes that you can go down with that. One being providing light relief, and one providing a voice that perhaps is more in the de- direction of kind of s- social responsibility. Identify which of those is most applicable to your brand and explore it. But because people are spending time more inside, there's opportunity to really fine tune your community and connections with your customer. So how do we uh, how do we advise people really keep their their consumer engaged during this time? If we're thinking about, or if people are on lockdown, if we think about what happened in China, what they saw there was a huge surge in TikTok usage. Mm. So if your brand doesn't have a presence on that platform and it's relevant to your customer, you should consider joining, create a challenge, or take part in a challenge. If you're working from home, it's likely that your customers are too. Mm -hmm. You could share tips, frustrations, coping methods around this. And something that retailers seem to have kind of shied away from a little recently is more longer form content. So experiment with this idea. Um, People are going to have potentially more time on their hands. So maybe longer newsletters or kind of blogs, something like that could work. That's really nice. So in terms of kind of evolving your marketing strategy, which I'm sure many of you have had in place for a number of months or weeks, how does a retailer kind of balance transparency and sensitivity during this time? Where I've actually seen a lot of communication on this topic so far has been with fitness studios. I've received lots of emails from uh, different ones addressing kind of hygiene and measures around cleanliness in their studios. One of which uh, stood out to me in particular from a studio called One Rebel here in London. And what they actually did was call out their peers peers as they called them but that was just a nice way of saying competitions (laughs) Um, and uh, they highlighted that they all have great cleaning standards which I thought was a really lovely touch back to retail and whether the the challenge is stock levels or warehouse staffing issues impacting logistical problems or footfall being down with periods of self-isolation or even lockdown it's essential to be communicating still and honesty does go a long way So do you have any maybe examples of how retailers have communicated about the impact of coronavirus on their business and the service that they provide their customers? What's happened is there's been communication 
to the press, but not so much with customers so far. But we might not quite be at that point with the UK in the UK or the US so much. Mm-hmm. However, I did get an email yesterday about an order that's a week late in arriving, and they offered me twenty percent off. But my mind immediately did question: Is this because of issues like is yeah. the product kind of caught up somewhere, or is it something related to what's going on? If so, is that being communicated in the email? I probably would have appreciated that a lot more and understood the situation. But as it stood, it kind of felt like a bit of an empty email. Mm. We have tracked that Nordstrom and Target have sent newsletters reassuring customers of cleanliness standards within their stores, mm-hmm. and these are coming from CEOs or chief brand officers, so the really most senior staff um, elsewhere. Uniqlo in Hong Kong, they've got a banner on their homepage offering sincere apologies for uh, delays and disruptions. Disruption, uh, distribution issues, sorry. But we're yet to track anything kind of similar in the UK mm-hmm. as of yet. It kind of seems like transparency is absolutely key at this time and just you know, just letting everybody know what the honest situation is is probably the, the best way forward, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And back to the previous question about balancing uh, transparency and sensitivity, I think one thing that we could kind of learn from is the really positive response to the Be Kind movement recently in the UK mm-hmm. from retailers and the conversation around mental health. If this situation is going to become more serious and it's going to be impacting on a large scale, physical health and mental health too, there is, there's a lot of conversations going on surrounding anxiety about the surrounding the situation. Mm. And there is a degree of social responsibility linked to this. Of course, dependent retailer by retailer and what they what their brand is about. But we have seen retailers find their voice in recent years when it comes to more sensitive issues like mental health, pride, International Women's Day. Just because they can't turn it into a slogan T-shirt doesn't mean they should shy away from it. Mm. If it's impacting your customers, speak to them about it. Also, if you were a brand or or retailer speaking about International Women's Day the other week, and if and when things could get really rough, think about smaller female-founded businesses. Use a larger platform and following to somehow profile them. Don't be a fair-weather feminist. If you send a couple of dozen Instagram followers someone's way, that's going to be more helpful than you probably could realise. Yeah, definitely. I think as well, there's like opportunity to to learn from the communications that happened in China as well and the brands and retailers and how they communicated there, because obviously they were the first region and country to be gripped by the virus. And I think that there was some really interesting examples where brands had taken over billboards that they, you know, previously had planned to have like spring newness Mm -hmm. or messaging and campaign shots. But actually they used that to actually just send nice, encouraging, lighthearted, but forward-thinking and positive messages to kind of to resonate with the customer. Yeah, Yeah. and like to that be kind movement as well. And I think consumers responded really well to that. So we've touched briefly on the the, the importance of e-commerce during this time. Exactly how big is it going to be for people and, and what do they need to be focusing on mainly? So there's there's a host of reports suggesting that online services such as streaming services and delivery services are positioned well for this, which makes sense. It's a little trickier for those operating online with physical products, but it's a better place to be than with bricks and mortar. COVID-19 will change and has changed the way people will shop, what they're shopping for and how they're shopping. E-commerce is a channel that naturally comes into focus more. For the foreseeable future, customers will be more comfortable making their purchases online. This could lead to longer-term adoption of shopping online for those who maybe didn't do it so much before. 
those emails that Nordstrom and Target sent out suggest that they're facing challenges around footfall in store. These messages reassuring people that they're in a safe place. But in reality, people won't be visiting stores in the same way for some time. If there's government advice to avoid avoid crowds, people aren't going to be rushing to their high street or local mall. Not only for that advice time period, but that sentiment is going to linger. It's Mm. not going to vanish overnight. Mm -hmm. With this in mind, retailers should be really thinking about upping their mobile usage and also, as we've touched on, social channels. When there is a return to normality, retailers will then face the challenge of hooking people back into store. But after a a hypothetical lockdown, there's huge opportunity there to invite people who've been cooped up. Retailers could be doing really interesting in-store and promotions around in-store events to restore a bit of balance here when things are a bit more settled. Another thing to think about here is if things really step up and we do see people working from home and mail services and warehouses are not operating and there's a bit of a kink in that supply chain, why not use that as an opportunity to try out pre-order features? That's something that Fashion Nova do a lot of. Yeah. And if there's a del- delay in deliveries, if you offer instalment payment plans like Klarna, maybe pull this idea into focus to kind of soften the idea of paying for something up front that takes a little longer to arrive. Mm-hmm. And maybe another thing to think about too is having a bit more flexibility with returns. If people are unable to get to post offices or if courier services are suffering, retailers need to be a bit more accommodating there. I think the communication around returns online is also really important. I know in the office today, everyone was, you know, wondering what do they need to do? You know, are returns going to be extended if people can't get out and get to the post offices? But I think, again, going back to like the learnings from China as well, I know there's the Shanghai-based cosmetics brand called Forest Cabin, and they actually had to temporarily shut half of their 337 stores in China, um, which is massive for them. And their sales initially dropped by around 90%, but they then used live streaming to engage with their consumers. Mm. And then on the news, it was reported that they were actually able to increase their sales by 45% year on year through those initiatives. I think there's some really nice examples that have happened and they've been able to weather the storm by... Being using, yeah, yeah, being creative, pivoting their strategy, embracing e-commerce and online, even if that isn't your core business model. Yeah, and again, it is something that can help future-proof your business. It's maybe yeah. just forcing it out into the yeah. open a little bit earlier than it would have been before. Absolutely, yeah. have a bit more thinking outside the box. Definitely. What support can our customers expect from us at Edited during these times? So these really unusual uh, and disruptive circumstances are something that we on the analysis team at Edited have at the front of our mind when compiling our reports each day. We understand that it's impacting everyone that works with us and we're making every effort that we can from where we are sat to help steer our customers in the right direction. Brilliant. As a listener of ours, we are here to support you during this new challenging time in retail. If you're a customer of ours, please contact your dedicated account manager and retail strategist and they'll do everything they can to support you. For all of our listeners, customer or not, ensure you're subscribed to the Insider Briefing. You can sign up to this at edited.com where we'll be keeping you all updated on the latest news and strategies. Thanks so much for listening to Unedited today. If you've enjoyed the conversation with Rebecca, please make sure you subscribe to keep in the loop with future episodes. If you found this episode helpful, please give us a rating, review or subscribe to us. 
If you have any further questions, you can get in touch with us at unedited at edited.com or tweet us at edited underscore HQ. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.